You're listening to Wandering Rome. Well, hey there, squeakers. You know, I've been thinking lately about the connections that we all make. You know, the question occurred to me, what about family? Do you think about yourself as being part of my family? You know, for the longest time, I used to think that family meant blood. Family meant who you was born to and who you associated with by name. But the more I've traveled with y'all, the more I've realized that family is just the people you love. And quite frankly, I, I, I love you, Hamish. Oh, I love me too, Squeakers. A brisk breeze blows in from the south, chilling our friends to their bones. In the distance, standing against the light of the setting sun, is a tall castle. The base is surrounded by a mild, thick, heavy fog, and high on the parapets, something seems to distort the stars above, and there is no noise or signs of life. Welcome to Fog Creep Castle. Well, I think this looks like a particularly dangerous place. Um, Plenty of crumbling architecture and the like. We should absolutely steer clear of it and move on to the next place. Right, Raindrop? Guys, guys, come over here. See this really cool thing? We totally have to go into this castle. Well, no use waiting. And Hamish hops off the road and motions to his bees to go off into the dangerous pointy rocks. As the company moves towards the castle, there is a long winding trail, and up on the side of the trail is a bat sitting in a hammock tied between a signpost and an old tree. Hello, Mr. Bat, are you, are you sleeping? <laughs> what, what is it? What? Uh, oh, oh, hello. Uh, oh, 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 a child. Shame on you, Raindrop, to talk to a nocturnal creature in the day like that. I'm so sorry. I was just so curious and didn't know if you were dead or not, so I wanted to make sure. Oh, that's an easy mistake to make. I do occasionally look dead. Uh, Here, let me put these on real fast, and the bat reaches down and grabs a pair of sunglasses, puts them on so he can see. To be fair, it is nearly night. Uh, Well, we, we still got, like, about an hour. Have you, uh, have you been to the castle there? The, the, ca- the castle that's up there? Yeah. Um, no. Why? <laughs> why, why haven't, why haven't I been up in the castle or why? Oh, uh, I guess because it's not mine. So I, I didn't want to trespass. Whose is it? Oh, so you subscribe to the old legal ideology. Well, it's not so much that I subscribe to the old legal ideology as much as it is, I just don't want any trouble. Got my hammock right here, and nobody's bothered me since I put my hammock up, so. Boy, there's always going to be trouble. Are are you going to give me trouble? No, I've just been around enough. I've seen which way the river flows. Squeakers walks up and says, pardon my, my friend Hamish here. He's not so used to talking to colloquial types. What was your name again? And the bat turns and says, Oh, um, Jimmy Batfit. It's a pleasure to meet you, Jimmy Batfit. 
I apologize if I gave you fright or you thought I was threatening you. I assure you I am not threatening you. I guess I can forgive you for that. I've never met anybody from the castle. Maybe you can go knock and see if there's anybody there. Maybe. Maybe we'll go see if anybody's home. Yes. I'm going to go ahead and go back to taking a nap. Who knows? Maybe I'll run into you guys a little later when I, I, I'm awake. Oh, that's good. Have a good night, Mr. I do hate when something wakes me up an hour before I have to be up. Mm. Well, onwards. The bat's snores grow quieter and quieter as our heroes walk slowly through the squishy dirt trail that leads to the fog-covered tower up ahead. As they come to the castle, there is a drawbridge that is lowered. It crosses over a moat that is long since dried. Raindrop peers over the edge and sees nothing but darkness and backs away slowly. Now, you stay away from that edge, all right? You're not getting cold feet, are you, Raindrop? No, no, I'm just, I'm just going to give the moat a uh, wide berth and she will swing wide and start her crossing the drawbridge. As they all hobble over the drawbridge, they hear a small voice coming from below them. Guys. I, I'm sorry. I, I have heard a, a small voice. Who's that? Who's going on? What's going on here? I'm sorry. Are you are you down in the moat? No, I'm not. I'm not down in the moat. I'm I'm, a, I'm in I'm on the drawbridge. I, oh, I'm, I'm I'm certain we have missed you. Oh, uh, it's pretty easy to miss me. I'm, oh, let's speak louder so I may turn to you. <coughs> Sorry, it's pretty easy to miss me. I'm one of the rats that live here. Oh, I didn't see you. I had something caught in my throat. Can I help you guys? It's kind of late to be calling. Oh, yeah, we were just on our way across the road, minding our own business, when we saw this large and looming building, and we thought that uh, perhaps it would be a convenient moment to stop and see if we could have a rest. Actually, you might be shocked to find out that this here castle has a lot of rooms available. Oh, that's so exciting. In fact, if you want to come in, I can introduce you to a few people here. Just be sure to wipe the mud off your shoes when you go inside. Whose castle is this? I'll introduce you to everybody. This is the castle of Sir... Lord Sersington. Sir Lord Sersington. Sir Lord Sersington. What a name. He sounds aristocratic. Well, you know, nobody's perfect. Sir and Lord? Two separate titles? Uh, no, Lord's his first name. Ah, gotcha. It was a little presumptuous of his parents, but here we are. I hope so. Well, I guess when you have that kind of a title and money, you're allowed to be presumptuous. Well... Shall we? Come on in. And the rat pushes the door open with a creak. I'm sorry, it just occurred to me. Do you have space to stable my 100 bees? Of course, there's plenty of room. Creak. <laughs> All right, bees. And Hamish does a covert hand movement and signals all the bees to fly into the barn. The barn is just big enough to fit 100 bees. It's like a sign from 
uh, some sort of a, a large and remembered god. Hmm. Hey, uh, speaking of large and remembered gods, hey, uh, Aldrin, hmm. um, any luck on the rehousing of your small and forgotten gods? Not yet. The moment hasn't exactly come up. Oh, well, uh, that's all right. Yes, I'm sure we'll find the right time and place. That sounds pretty reasonable. I'm just curious, though, uh, so uh, what are you trying to do? With, with them with them gods what do you mean what am i trying to do you know it, it just never occurred to me that i i never asked you that you know you've been traveling with these gods but uh you know i i don't know why you got them they are looking for new homes their ah. time with me has come to an end and it's time for them to find somebody new oh you're a victim of no it is of their own free will you think I'm going to live forever? They're not going to sit alone in an empty home? No, it's just you said their time with you is coming to an end. Are you planning on dying? I am fairly old one of these days. Oh, I'm going to live forever. I'm yeah, that's, that's a good, good spirit duck. Mm-hmm. I'm going to live forever! <laughs> I'm probably going to die in the next five to ten years. Well, I lie somewhere in between. I like to think of myself as a man who can compromise. That's a very reasonable point to take, Hamish. I admire your go-to-itiveness. Hmm. The gang goes into the castle, and when they enter, there are very large, flowing tapestries, and they all have very intricate pictures etched on them. One of them shows a lighthouse, another a scene of all kinds of parties and, and merriment, but they're all old and covered in dust. The paintings all contain figures. There are always people, and their arms seem to all point the same direction. Squeakers has a sinking feeling in his stomach. Y'all, I don't know if I want to meet this Lord Sersington. This is all pretty ominous, wouldn't you say? I wouldn't say that at all. Oh, dear. Uh, uh, Who are you? Oh, where are my manners? I'm Count Lord Sersington. Can I offer you a cough drop, perhaps? Oh, no, I take 12 of those a day. They do nothing for me. May I take your coats? A count offering to take our coats? That's, uh... Oh, I assure you, the title is only hereditary. I'm not better than any one of you. That's actually pretty respectable. I really appreciate that. Squeakers takes off his duster and gently hands it to the Count. The Count, a large but gaunt hedgehog, places all the coats that he receives onto various spikes on his back. And I'll be right back, only be a moment. And he slips away into the hall. I don't think I should have given that man my coat. You're not getting that back. (laughs) Oh, no. If you do get it back, it'll likely have a hole in it. Uh. The rat turns to the group and says, Okay, so, uh, I don't know. Want me to show you to your room now? Are we supposed to wait for the count? Um, I'm back. Oh, there he is. <laughs> yeah, he's gone, but he's pretty spry. <laughs> spry. I'm old, but my family is long lived. You have a lovely castle. Oh, thank you. Thank you. I do try to keep it up. The rat on the drawbridge offered us rooms. You know, I have a name. 
Oh, I'm sorry. What was your name again, Jimmy? No, Brian. Brian the Rat offered us rooms. Thank you for your services, Brian. I can show them to their rooms. And the Count pushes open the door behind them, and it opens up to what seems to be a completely different hallway. Oh. It is a castle. I suppose there's going to be a lot of hallways. That is true. The hallway is very dark, and down at the end of the hall, there's a brief flicker of light that seems to lead deeper into the castle that then disappears. Hey, uh, Aldrin? Yes? In your time abroad, have you encountered a creature called a Will of the Wisp? Oh, what of the wills? A Will of the Wisp. The Will of... A Will of the Wisp? It's a type of a magical spirit that flashes a glowing light and entices persons to follow it out into whatever element it is surrounded by, and those people, they do not come back. Guys, did you see that light? I think... I think we should probably go get it, right? And Raindrop will start to head further into the... Squeakers quickly reaches out and grabs the back of her shirt, and she continues to walk forward, but only in place, like she's on a treadmill. Come on, guys! Um, Count, Sir Count, Mr. Sir Count Sursington. Yes, you may call me Lord. Lord, Lord Sir Count Sursington. Well, Um, no, just Lord is my first name. Lord. All right, Dr. Lord (laughs) Sursington. Go on. Are there any will of the wisp within this castle? Not that I've heard of. We have... Rats, of course, and the occasional cockroach, but don't tell anyone about that. <laughs> oh, I won't sully the reputation of Fog Creep Castle with rumors of cockroaches, I assure you. Oh, I appreciate it. Here, your room is this way. And he walks toward the light. What a delightful man. Huh. I'll be delighted once we figure out what this light is. Now don't wander off. Wander in Rome will be right back. What do we want the people to know, Danny? You're Danny. Who am I? Summer. I'm Summer. We are bisexually lit. This is a podcast about movies and life and everything in between. Two best friends who are loud and queer and love to talk about movies on and off mic. And we'd like to take you along for the ride. Why did we name our podcast Bisexually Lit? Well, like, you know, A, we're bisexual. Extremely. B, we're we're getting lit. We're giving literary and thematic readings to the movies we love. Yeah. You can check us out on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. We drop a new ep- episode every other Monday, bi-weekly, if you will. Oh, I will. Have you ever seen something you couldn't explain? Have you ever felt like something was watching you, even when you were alone? Have your dreams ever started bleeding into the reality around you? Starting March 8th, join us bi-weekly as we travel around the contiguous United States sharing strange stories and discovering mysteries hidden within the vastness of America. Listen to Lower 48 on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
when they get to their rooms, Lord Sersington throws open the door, and it's a beautifully handcrafted oak door. And when he opens the door, it reveals a beautiful, sprawling room with big velveteen furniture, a large bed, and the wall is lined with candelabras. Here we are! All right, head on in. This room is special to me. You see, these were my wife's quarters back in the day. And, uh, and Squeakers turns to Raindrop and says, Quarters? Usually we only deal with nickels. <laughs> We've been upgraded <laughs> to first class. You see, we are in a castle. Only the best for Count Lord Sersington. Whoa. And his guests. And he gives Raindrop a little noogie. Aw, guy. <laughs> Count Lord Sersington, we really appreciate the accommodations. Uh, you have a lovely abode. I was just curious if there's any sort of uh, uh, dinner or anything that you'd like us to attend tonight. Oh, well, normally I dine alone in my quarters, but this is a special occasion. If you would like, we could have the servants put together, oh, something warm and filling for you. That sounds delightful. Oh, I call them the servants. Really, they're more like my family. I'll go get them. And he disappears into the hallway. Squeakers turns to Hamish and says, they got a really weird dynamic. <laughs> yeah, I think that that man has internalized some guilt about his position. Yeah, yeah you're probably right. Anyway, is very light in here. Maybe that was what we saw in the hallway. Could have been. Yeah, it could have been one of them family servants coming in here and lighting all the candles. Yeah, yeah, those very shiny rats. Uh, Raindrop will take one of the many cantalabras and pick it up and light it, and she will peek down the hallway. She takes a few cautious steps out, and as she takes a few steps forward, she notices her shadow along the wall. Her shadow beckons to her, and her voice echoes through the halls. Raindrop, 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 Raindrop. Raindrop, Raindrop, Raindrop. Hello? Hello, 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 Raindrop. That's me. It's you. It's you. I'm me. Come here. Come, come, here. here. Are, are you down there? Come, come here. here. Um, she will cautiously take a few steps forward. Behind her, Hamish pokes his head out of the room. Now, am I seeing things, or is this hallway much longer than it was a few seconds ago? Oh, yes. Um, also, are you hearing other voices, perchance? I mean, I'm always hearing the voice of my mother whispering words of wisdom in my ear. Oh. Is that what you've been hearing? No, this one was a little more ominous and beckoning me further down into this really dark, creepy hallway. Ominous like that cat? No, no, this is more like, more ominous, ominous. Oh, like dangerous ominous. Yes, danger ominous. Mm. But I was thinking about going down this hallway. All right, look. Down the hallway. Oh, I see. I hear it now. I'm not going to say don't do it, mm. but I will come with you. Thank you. That is actually a big relief. <laughs> Where are you two going? We're going to follow a light that talks. Yeah. Oh, that doesn't sound good. <laughs> hey, Aldrin, while they're uh, going out and gallivanting, you want to go down and see what the grub situation's like? 
I was going to follow them down into the dank and creepy halls, but now, with the mention of food, let's go get some nice, fresh-baked bread. Squeakers turns to Hamish, and he says, Hamish, uh, if y'all run into any trouble, just know, and he puts his hand on his shoulder, says, just know that it was a real pleasure being your friend. Oh, well, I'm touched. That really means a lot to me, Squeakers. Also, here's this flint and stone so you can light the castle on fire if you need to get away. Well, I really appreciate that gift. Thank you. I don't think stone burns, but it's a nice gesture. You know, Aldern, I am very much surprised at your lack of ingenuity about the things that would burn in this castle. And he begins pointing at different things as they walk down the hall to show how many things are flammable down this hallway. There's a rug. Yeah, you know, these cobwebs. Yeah, I bet, what, you, I bet you could burn a cobweb. Yeah, these cobwebs are pretty pretty flammable. They burn short, but so bright. Mm-hmm. Raindrop just holds the candelabra towards the cobweb. Well, <laughs> enough talk. <laughs> Hamish starts down the hallway. As Hamish and Raindrop continue down the hallway, even with the light of the candlestick, it still seems darker and their shadows grow longer and longer they seem impossibly bigger than they are well hello there are are you trying to tell me something mr shadow shadow waves i thought so now our light is not coming from that particular direction can you tell us why you were pointing that way mr shadow the shadow shrugs and then walks off (laughs) well i'm gonna miss that guy Uh, do we follow the shadow or just I think we follow that light. And he points to a glowing orb of light that's going down the ever-growing hallway. Aldern and Squeakers walk down the hallway in a a very well-lit part of the castle. (laughs) They sit down at a table that is lined with fresh-baked breads and piled high with meats and cheeses and wines. Who should walk up with a serving cart full of bread... But Count Lord Sersington. Hello, my guests. I'm so glad you could make it. Your servants or your family got together this meal with some haste. Oh, yes, yes. We, they like to eat well for themselves, and I indulge them. I never have any myself, of course. I eat alone in my quarters, like I said, usually a thin bowl of gruel. Come on now, you, you you have to. You've been so gracious to us. You you've given us of your home. You've given us of your food. You need to join us for this meal, sir. You must join us tonight. Well, I'm sure I could sit down for a minute or two. I may not eat. You understand, though. I have very delicate dietary needs, like gluten or something. No, I just have a sensitive stomach. Yeah, that's fair. Things are too spicy, too seasoned. They can give me a little bit of indigestion, you know. You know, my my grandpa had indigestion. Oh, what happened? Well, he just couldn't eat cheese anymore. (laughs) Oh, what a shame. I'm sure he liked eating cheese. I myself never touch it. As everybody begins to dig in, a fox dressed in a little tuxedo wheels in a cart that's just covered in freshly baked pies and cakes. Hello, would any of you like dessert? Oh, a surprise! 
surprise. Oh, we made this one specially for you, sir. For me? For you. He slices a piece of cake, but the cake is really crumbly, and you can tell that this probably wasn't made with eggs, flour, or anything that would really upset somebody's sensitive stomach. Oh, well, if you insist, I'm sure I can be bad just for tonight. Oh, sir, don't worry. I'll be up in your chambers with your medicine soon. Oh, thank you. Can I interest you in anything, sir? Um, absolutely. What kind of pies do you have? Oh, sir, we grow our own rhubarb right here in the castle. I've heard that when rhubarb grows quickly, it makes a strange popping sound. Yes, I heard that from my dear departed wife. Oh, that beautiful woman. She loved rhubarb. <laughs> yes, well, if you if you eat it like this, it does make a delicious little popping sound. You want to try it right now? <laughs> and he'll take a bite of the special rhubarb pie. Oh, it is the most delicious rhubarb pie that you've ever had. And as you chew, there's little sparks coming off of your tongue. This is the most delicious rhubarb pie that I have ever had. There are little sparks coming off my tongue. Yes, it was my violet's recipe. Oh, my friends, I must tell you how much I appreciate having you here tonight when it gets so quiet and so lonely. Sometimes I think I can hear her voice echoing through the halls. That chocolate pie right there looks mighty delightful. I think I might have a slice of that. Lord Sersington gets a distant, vacant look in his eye, and he looks out to the hallway, and he says quietly, almost to himself, Oh, wait. Oh, no, not now. Not tonight. Raindrop and Hamish walk further down the long corridor. This is a really long hallway. I'm just enjoying the journey. To me, it matters not where we go. But where do you think we're going? I have no idea, but I'm getting a really unsettling vibe. It, it matters not. It matters not. But it matters not. I always tell myself it matters not. It matters not. It matters not. Yeah, I was agreeing with you. Yeah, yeah that's what I, I said. Yeah. Agreeing with you. Huh. Huh. <laughs> I'm sorry, are you an echo or uh, an entity? I think we're just hearing things. Yeah, I mean, it didn't It didn't come back, so I... Oh, it didn't come back. Oh, I get you now. You're a trickster. The light Raindrop and Hamish are following stays just almost out of view. And any time they round a corner, they see a little flare before it disappears again. They follow down the hallways a distance more, and it seems to slip under the crack of a door leading outside. Do we knock first, or...? I'm not sure what the etiquette is to whether or not you should knock on doors that didn't exist a second ago. Oh, Raindrop will go uh, knock on the door, and her hand will slip through. She'll pull back. Huh. 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 <gasps> a large boar appears behind them. Ooh. Sorry, I didn't see you there. I beg your pardon. I apologize for 
my intrusion, I just couldn't help but notice that you found a door that didn't exist. Now, you weren't thinking about going through that door, were you? Well, it had crossed my mind. I was a little curious. Hmm. I'm going to do it, in fact. The door opens of its own accord, and a voice echoes, Through the door, through the door, through the door. Oh, they've invited us to see. Well, it's nice to meet you. Yeah. Do you mind if I accompany you for a small moment? Oh, well, I don't know. We we should be traveling with a stranger. What's your name? Hmm. My name is Radish. All right, well, nice to meet you, Radish. Welcome to our little family. Thank you. If we might proceed. And Radish walks through the door. As he walks through the door, you see mist streaming in and the mist slightly parts as he walks through. You see before you a garden of violets. Wow, that's a lot of flowers. Now these are a very special flower. They're called violets. Violets, 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 violets. And yet, what is that one? And he points at one single rose suspended in the air above the violets, slowly twirling. This is something that I've been looking for for a long time. Radish walks over and he very delicately, very gently grabs the rose by the stem and he holds it up to his nose and takes a deep, deep whiff. The rose wilts and the petals fall away. The petals arrange themselves on the ground beneath and they spell out an L. As we indulge our senses, Sometimes it's but a small moment, but a moment that will last a lifetime. Another rose forms in the same spot where the other one was. Why don't you two go ahead and try it yourself? Uh, After you, Hamish. All right. Uh, And Hamish grabs the floating rose and he sniffs and the petals fall off and form the letter O. Young lady, why don't you give it a try? Raindrop steps forward and grabs the newly appeared rose and will give it a delicate sniff and the most wonderful smell fills her senses. The rose petals fall onto the ground. They form the letter B. Now, there are three of us and three letters, but unfortunately, we need one more. And I don't know where we might find a fourth person. Well, I could bring 100 bees. And Hamish blows his whistle. And like a great stampede, 100 bees shoot down the hallway and swarm into this garden. Mm. (laughs) Ah. Now, it's a beautiful thing to witness the circle of life. You see as bees pollinate... The flowers grow. One of the bees grabs the fourth floating rose and it takes a big old whiff and the petals fall down and form a letter E. Now you see, the beauty of life is love. Remember that. And as the boar says, remember that, they disappear into the fog. Meanwhile, in the dining hall, 
Count Sersington has, in a panic, fallen to the floor. And he says, no, not tonight, not now, not without me. Squeakers grabs a, a cup of water and splashes him in the face with it. Uh, I, I must go. I must, I must. You see, I've never missed it. Mr. Lord, what's going on? My, my, my Violet. May we accompany you? Come, but do it quickly. The three of them get up, followed by the fox waiter, and they all run down the hall very quickly. Lord Sersington is very spry for his age. Thank you for joining us, Edward. I wouldn't miss this for anything. They barrel down the hallway, following light after light, making turn after turn, until finally they burst in to the door, to the chamber, with all the violets and 100 bees, and Count Sersington falls over and props himself up on a knee, and he says, I've never missed it before. What tell me, was it beautiful? It was amazing. What, what'd you guys see? Oh, well, Hamish and I went through this really ghostly door that's never been there before, but we totally found it. And then this boar gentleman said a lot of really profound and deep meaning things that I have completely forgotten in this moment. But there was love, something about love and a rose. It was so beautiful and smelled so good. And it reappeared a bunch of times. And then this bee also grabbed this rose and smelled it. Oh, wow. You know what I carry dearest to my heart? And he reaches into his jacket and pulls out what looks like a metal cigarette case. And he opens it. And inside there's a dried pressed rose. And underneath it an inscription that says, Violet. Wow, it's so beautiful. Thank you, my friends, for joining me here tonight. You, for a moment, distracted me from the loneliness that consumes most of my days. I, I have no idea what Raindrop was talking about, but I say that I really enjoyed your company, sir. Perhaps we could move back down with all of our friends here, uh, uh, indulge in some of that love and eat some of this feast. I think that would be just fine. And he pulls out a big bottle of wine from his jacket that's labeled love. Now, that's what I'm talking about. Uh, come on, let's go. As the group filters back into the hallway, up on the parapet overlooking the garden, there appears a ghostly figure of an elder hedgehog. She has a stick of rhubarb in her hand and she watches the group head back in the castle and blows a kiss before fading away. Next week on Wander and Rome. A fresh, humid breeze greets our friends as they approach the sprawling market. The streets are full of carts loaded with goods coming and going, pulled by large ants. Merchants bicker and barter from the stalls and shops, and boats of all size creak as they sway in the wind. Join us next week as we journey to the Salt Breeze Exchange. Music for Wander and Rome is written and performed by Gary Argyle. Wander and Rome is produced by Winterhawk Podcasts and Gary Argyle. For more great shows, visit winterhawkpodcasting.com.